Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast, featuring Dr. George Cannon. This podcast is a ministry of the Kerbinsville Christian Church. Finding Clarity seeks to answer your questions about Christianity. Here's George as he looks at this week's question. Welcome to the Finding Clarity Podcast. This is episode 19 of the podcast, and I'm George Cannon, and we are glad that you are listening today. Finding Clarity Podcast is a ministry of the Kerwinsville Christian Church in Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania, where we try to answer questions that you might have concerning Christianity and the Christian life. Today we're going to look at a question that, to be honest with you, I'm amazed that people ask the question. I'm not amazed that they struggle with it. I'm kind of amazed at how many people don't truly understand it. It reflects something. We'll reflect on that a little bit later in the podcast. But it's a question that really reflects upon our concept of God. So you say, okay, George, what is the question we're going to be looking at today? Well, it's a very basic one, and it's what is the Trinity? What is the Trinity? Now, when we talk about the Trinity, we're talking about the nature of God. We're talking about a doctrine that describes the nature of God. So how we're going to approach this topic today in our podcast is basically from three sections. Number one, we're going to talk about what the Trinity is. And with that, we're going to probably look at some scriptures to show that the concept is there in the Bible. Then we're going to look at basically trying to answer some of the arguments against the Trinity. There are some folks today in who identify themselves as Christians who deny the Trinity. So we're going to try to answer some of those questions that are raised or objections that are raised concerning the Trinity. And then we're going to kind of wrap up with how do we get in our Bible-believing churches? How do we get to a point where we don't really understand the concept of the Trinity. Why is this such a big issue? And so we're going to look at that question as well. So let's, let's start off, first of all, with the concept of the Trinity. So we're talking about the Trinity. It's reflective of the nature of God. First of all, to understand the Trinity, you need to understand where does the concept come from? Well, there are certain things about God that we understand through natural theology. We can know that there is a God. But when we talk about the specific nature of God in the issue of the doctrine of the Trinity, we need to reflect upon the fact that it comes from direct revelation, from God's Word. Now, you would say, well, wait a minute, George, hold on. The word Trinity is not even used in the Bible. And that is correct. Trinity, or the doctrine of the Trinity, The word Trinity is not directly in the Scripture. You will not find that word anywhere in the Scripture. Yet, that in itself is not an argument against the Trinity. Trinity is a word that we have chosen to describe the nature of who God is. You say, well, if it's not used, then it must be wrong. Well, let's hold on a second before you throw the baby out with the bathwater. You need to understand this. We often use terms that are not in the Bible to describe things theologically that are in the Bible. Like what? Well, let's go all the way to the very beginning of what we know of in the New Testament as the birth of Jesus. 
When we talk about the birth of Jesus, we will use a theological term, the incarnation, to describe what's going on with the birth of Jesus. That is, God taking on human flesh and becoming a child. That's the incarnation. Now, nowhere are you going to find the term incarnation in the scripture. But yet, it is a valid term used to describe what's going on with the birth of Jesus Christ through Mary, the incarnation. So again, here's another term. We don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater because basically we're using a term to describe the nature of God, the Trinity. So what what is the Trinity? Well, Trinity means, here's the meaning of Trinity. Trinity means that there are three eternal distinct persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, in one divine essence, God. Three distinct persons in one essence, the essence of one God. Now, we're not saying, we're not talking about three distinct gods. Sometimes people will say that Trinitarians, that's if you believe in the Trinity, are actually polytheists. No, we're not, we're not, we're monotheists. There is one God in three distinct persons. And so that's what it means. You say, well, that, that defies logic. Yes, it does. It defies logic. The concept of one God in three distinct persons defies logic, but yet it's there. In fact, we need to understand when we talk about the Trinity or when we talk about the nature of God, we're really talking about a great mystery. A great mystery. You cannot truly comprehend who God is and the, and understand his very nature, because if we were able to do that, we would be God, but we can't. The created cannot understand the creator. So, okay, you said, George, we see this in the scripture. Yes, from the beginning, we see this in the scripture. So, for instance, if you go to Genesis, in the very beginning, in the creation of Adam, it very clearly talks about God is speaking, let us make man in our image. Let us make man, the plural. Now, some, some would say, well, he must be talking about the angels as well. Folks, we're not made in the image of, the scripture is very clear, we're not made in the image of angels, we're made in the image of God. God, the us, reflects a plurality there. In fact, it's very clear from the scripture that the Father in the New Testament is God. Jesus said that. The Father is God. A central point in the New Testament, and it is central to the concept of Christianity today, is that Jesus is God. That Jesus is God. And then finally, the Holy Spirit is God. Now, you say, wait a minute, I've got the Father is God, I grasp that. Jesus is God, that's central to what we believe in Christianity, and the Holy Spirit is God. Aren't those three gods? No, they're one God in three persons. And their unity is expressed in the words of Jesus over and over in the New Testament. So, for instance, like in the book of John, I think the book of John gives us a picture of the relationship that goes on with the Father and the Son. 
So for instance, in John chapter 14, Philip says, Lord, show us the Father and it is sufficient for me. Verse 9 says this, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how do you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? In the words I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the work. Believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe for the sake of the works themselves. He goes on then and talks about the spirit of truth. The spirit of truth. When we go over to chapter 16 of John, verse 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you the things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. There's talking about the relationship between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Other allusions to the Trinity are found in the Gospels, for instance, at the baptism of Jesus. When Jesus is baptized, the Holy Spirit as a dove descends on him. So we see the Holy Spirit, Jesus, and the Father speaks from heaven, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So you very clearly see a distinction there. All three. When Jesus in Matthew gives the commission to go into all the world, baptizing them, he tells them to baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's interesting, when you look at Ephesians in chapter 1, you see Paul's praise there. Chapter 1 basically is a praise towards God for what occurs in salvation. And when you look at Ephesians, it very clearly tells you that there is a praise to the Father, then to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit for each of their roles in the issue of salvation. So the concept of the Trinity is throughout the Scripture. Think about the words of David. The Lord said to my Lord, the concept of David Lord. So the issue of the reality of the deity of Jesus and being a part of the Godhead and being a part of the Trinity is there from the very beginning. Now, I said that I would try to answer some arguments against the Trinity, and that's what we're going to look at right now, some arguments against the Trinity. We've already answered one of them where it says that nowhere in the Scripture does it state that God is called the Trinity. Correct. We already pointed that out, but there are a lot of theological concepts that we hold to that are not directly referred to in the Scripture. Another argument is is that the word three is never used in the Bible with reference to who God is. That is correct. The word three is not used with reference to God in the Scripture. However, that is insignificant because we're talking about the reality that God reflects himself in three distinct persons throughout the Scripture, Old and New Testament. We also see that the argument is is that nowhere in Scripture is God referred to as a person. And, and they would like to say that it says that God is a spirit. Again, I think that's in a technical sense, yes, God is a spirit. God the Father is a spirit. 
But again, we're using a theological term to reflect upon who God is, and that is, is he is a distinct person, a being. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that the Holy Spirit is called God. However, yes, it's not saying that the Holy Spirit is called God, but that you have to understand, again, that you're not looking at it from the perspective of what the Scripture reflects. It reflects his deity. Now, I think it's interesting. A lot of the arguments are trying to basically excuse away the concept of the Trinity based upon, quote, a, a literal interpretation, word for word, versus looking at the concept. And if that were true, then we could excuse away the Incarnation. But the reality is, is that there is this relationship that exists between the three. Now, we were going to close with the issue of why does this seem to be an issue that many Christians don't have a clue about? And so this is where, I, where my perspective as a pastor has to come in. When I have folks in the church that I pastor here at Kermansville Christian Church, when I have folks who are saying, I don't understand the Trinity, or what is the Trinity, when they're asking those kind of questions or making those kind of statements, that reflects something. What it reflects is this, that I, as pastor, as the teacher, pastor-teacher in the church, am not instructing, teaching, guiding the folks here into an understanding of the nature of God and its importance in their life today. Basically, the reason why they're struggling with it is because they're not being taught this. In fact, I would go one step further and say the reason why, and I've noticed that recently here in the last year, there's been a lot of major discussion in theological circles again concerning the whole concept of the Trinity and whether it is true or not. I think the reason why we're wrestling with that is because for a large part in our churches, we are no longer addressing the basic things of the Bible or the basic things concerning the Christian life, and Christianity. Rather, we have moved in the direction of pop psychology and trying to tell you how to live without telling you the basic things that we believe in concerning your faith and God. And I think that's why we're struggling with this issue. Finding Clarity Podcast is basically just a short opportunity to try to answer questions about Christianity and the Christian life. If you have a question you'd like for us to answer, there are several ways that you can get in touch with us. You can get in touch with us through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast, and just message us and we'll, we'll look at your question and consider it for a future podcast. If you want, you can go to our webpage, kerbinsvillechristian.org. Go to the contact page, and you can contact us there through a form, and we'll take a look at your question. If you attend our church, you can just come and give me the question or throw the question in the offering, and we will try to address it at a future date. If you don't have a church, I would encourage you to come to the Kerbinsville Christian Church if you live in the Clearfield County area, 
We are located on 700 State Street in Kerbinsville. Our service starts at 1045. We hope to see you. You'll find it would be an encouraging service. Next week, we're going to kind of reflect on something concerning the Christian life. We're going to look at a question that a lot of people struggle with and a lot of people have wrong concepts about. And that is, does God test believers? It's interesting to me that sometimes folks have a concept of God that he would never test Christians. Well, we're going to see if that's true or not. So we're going to look next week to see and answer the question, does God test Christians? Have a great week. We look forward to you being a part of our podcast next week. Take care.